Hello and welcome to another episode in the Naxos Sounds Interesting series, an engaging potpourri of musical topics. This episode is called Cherry Christmas. One Christmas carol that's always been on my list of favourites is the Cherry Tree Carol. Apart from the attractive melody, the words give a glimpse of the real human relationship between Joseph and Mary, the former harbouring a touch of tetchiness over the miracle of his wife's immaculate conception. As the couple make their celebrated journey, with Mary heavily pregnant, they come across a cherry tree. Mary asks Joseph to gather some of the fruit for her, but he responds with a tart expectation that the tree will oblige with a second miraculous intervention and present the cherries to Mary all by herself by lowering the boughs for her. In fact, it then proceeds to do exactly that. And Mary takes her pick before continuing on the journey with the words, all with her heavy load. Here's the carol in a version that uses the traditional melody in an arrangement for orchestra and choir by Roderick Elms. The constant shifts in pitch and key for individual lines of the melody, possibly suggesting the slightly rocky mood swings between our two protagonists. British composer Bob Chilcott took the same narrative, but set it to original music as part of his eight-carol cycle on Christmas night, which he wrote in 2010 for the choir of the University Christian Church in Austin, Texas. The composer explained, quote, that the idea was to write a set of pieces that outline the Christmas story, 
and in the original performance, the movements were interspersed with appropriate readings. In this piece, I have combined new settings alongside traditional carol melodies. Here's his new take on the cherry tree carol. Time now to consider another well-known carol and the account of exactly how many ships were seen as they came sailing in on that Christmas day in the morning. Was it two or three? And where was the narrator seated? Under a holly tree? Or was it a sycamore tree? All these divergences appear in various versions of the carol texts. Here's a couple for you to compare and contrast. The first is one of the many 20th century folk melody arrangements by Imogen Holst, Gustav Holst's daughter, who enjoyed a successful career as a composer and conductor. She taught and travelled extensively before taking up the post of director of the Music Centre at England's historic Dartington Hall, later becoming an invaluable assistant to Benjamin Britten shortly after he founded the Alborough Festival, and subsequently becoming the festival's artistic director. As I Sat Under a Holly Tree is a cheerful, unaccompanied carol for upper voices relating the arrival of Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. Holst takes this simple strophic song and colours each verse to match the details of the text, such as the allusion to ringing bells in the final verse.
English composer Peter Warlock, who died in 1930, realized that same scene, but from under a sycamore tree, and with three ships, not two. A miniaturist now best remembered for his distinctive songs, Warlock was an enigmatic composer who pursued a reckless life and death by suicide at the age of 36 in London's Bohemia. In 1923, he responded to a request from Vaughan Williams for three carols with soprano solo, chorus, and orchestra for an upcoming concert in December of that year. As I Sat Under a Sycamore Tree is the final carol in the set. Moving on from trees, we now have ancient and modern takes on two seasonally celebrated plants, namely the holly and the ivy. The religious symbolism of the holly and the ivy in terms of Christianity extends back to Druidic and Roman times. The popularity of decorating households with holly for Christmas goes back several centuries. The words of the carol, however, are rich with mystical, poetic, and religious connotations, referring to the birth, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus. Here's John Rutter's arrangement for piano and upper voices of The Holly and the Ivy, one of his many characteristic settings of traditional Christmas carols.
In contrast, here's an original setting of the words by Stuart Thompson for mixed choir and organ. It won the Times newspaper carol competition in 2011, and this elegant performance by the Elora singers clearly demonstrates why it came out on top. We end with two versions of possibly the most traditional Christmas tree, known as Tannenbaum in German. Composer, arranger, pianist, conductor Peter Breiner has numerous acclaimed albums listed in the Naxos catalogue. On one, he takes the noted Tannenbaum melody and clothes it in a Baroque style, like an orchestral suite, mixing stately grandeur with complex counterpoint, and proving that you can't keep a good tune down no matter how you dress it up.
We end this podcast with a rather less staid arrangement by Javier Hagen of the Tannenbaum tune for unaccompanied vocal quartet. Do listen out for the nightingale mentioned in the third verse. Or maybe it's an early cuckoo. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum, retreusing deine Blätter. Du grünst dich nur zur Sommerzeit, nein, auch im Winter, wenn es schneit. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum, retreusing deine Blätter. Thank you for tuning in to this Naxos Sounds Interesting podcast. For the text version, visit blog.naxos.com, where you'll also find an alternative audio series devoted exclusively to new releases from Naxos.